Look at your neighbor and say, genuine. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one for evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. title of this message is simply this. Let love be genuine. Let love be genuine. The NIV uses the word, in place of genuine, it says sincere. Let love be sincere. The King James says, let love be without without disassimilation. I love how the NLT puts it. This is what the New Living Translation says in place of the word genuine. It says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. The word genuine means real, authentic, actual, original. In a world full of fake, in a world full of people trying to put on a front, In a world full of people trying to be something they're not. In a world of social media that's full of people's life's highlight reels and not reality. People are in search of something genuine. Something real. People so badly want to find something authentic. And what people want even more than that... What they want even more than finding something genuine. People want to feel accepted. People want to be and feel wanted. People just want to be loved. People so desire, so long to be loved. And true, authentic, real, genuine love is found in Christ Jesus and in Him alone. 1 John 4.8 says, God is love. God is love. God is the author of love. 
God is the creator of love, and true, authentic, unconditional love can only be found in him. Love is simply who God is. God is love. So I'm going to ask a couple questions before I get into the sermon. I'm asking myself these same questions as I preach this sermon. I'm preaching this to me just as much as I'm preaching it to you as the Lord put it in me. But do people encounter, do people experience the genuine love of God when they walk into church? I'll ask another question. When people encounter you outside of the church, when they rub shoulders with you, are they having an encounter with someone who genuinely, truly loves Jesus? Are they having an encounter with the love of Jesus? Or instead, do they experience people that make them feel less than? Do they encounter people who look down on them for their lifestyles, the way they dress, their political stance? When they come into the church, when we encounter them out in the world, as we do, we encounter unbelievers on a daily basis, what do they see? What do we show them? If people don't find genuine love in the church and from the people of God, they'll go find acceptance and love elsewhere. Leads me to my first point of the night, my first main point. That is this. God created love. Satan can only counterfeit it. God created love. Satan can only counterfeit love. God is the creator of all things. Colossians 1.16 For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and vis- invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. God is the creator of all things. Satan can create Nothing. Satan has the ability to create nothing. Because he doesn't have that ability, he is forced to counterfeit. He is forced to create counterfeits. This is what I believe. I believe inside each and every person ever born on this earth that God created us Very intentionally. Our God is an intentional God. God created us with intention. And part of his intention was to place a hole in every man and woman. Every baby ever born has this hole on the inside. And the only thing that will fill that hole and make them whole is Jesus. That's it. It's a God-shaped hole that nothing else, no one else can fill. And it's on the inside of every man and woman walking this earth today if they don't know Jesus. And whether people know or not, these people that don't know Jesus, whether they realize that they're in such desperate search to find something, something to sustain them, something to, to fill that empty spot, 
And they so desire to be whole. You and I, we, we have found the one. We have found the one who has made us whole. We have found love. We found acceptance. Because of that, we are whole. 1 John 4, 7 through 12 says this. Beloved, let us not love one another, for love is from... Let us love one another, excuse me. Good grief, that would have been a terrible way to preach the sermon, right? <laughs> Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Is that what our life looks like? Do we, do I, do you live like that? Do you do that? Jesus said, you can sum up all the commandments in two. Love God, love your neighbor. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Is that what people encounter when they rub shoulders with us? Romans 12, 9. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Let me ask a question. Remember, these questions are questions that I ask myself and are asking myself. I am asking myself. Do we love people who are of the world or do we just try to tolerate them? Do we love people of the world or we just try to tolerate them? There's a business in town. We'll not name the business. Doesn't matter. There's a business in town that I go into, and I worked in customer service for a long time. So I know how you're supposed to treat people. But I walk into this place, and there's this one particular person that it's just like, I just say, please don't wait on me. I'm praying before I walk in there. Lord, Lord, help me. I, I don't want to encounter this person today. Because when they, when they say, hey, how you doing? It's like they have that fake grin, you know. They can't fake it. Like customer service was not their calling. They really do not care how you're doing. They really don't care if you have a good day. I just feel like when I'm there, I'm being tolerated. Has that ever happened to anybody else? Is that not a terrible feeling? One thing about millennials is that we can spot a fake from a mile away. We can. We're not the only ones that can, but we're really good at it. We were raised in the generation of, of ads on television, ads in our face all the time, so we're automatically skeptical. We are. I'm just being real. So we can spot a fake from a mile away. 
We're not easily fooled. We can tell when we're not welcome and we're not wanted, just like a lot of people can. They can tell. You can tell when you're not wanted. You're just tolerated. So when you're around people who are living in the world, people who are of the world, is your love fake? Are you just pretending to love them or do you really love them? If we don't show them love, the world will. If we don't accept them, the world will. If we don't have a place for them, the world will find a place for them. Satan will gladly take all the people that we do not want. Satan will gladly take every person that we don't want. What will he do? He will offer them a counterfeit of what God created. He will offer a false sense of love. Notice I said false, counterfeit. A false sense of acceptance. You may be thinking, I thought you just said that millennials can spot fakes, that people are good at spotting fakes. Here's the thing, you can't spot a fake if you've never encountered the real thing. You can't spot a fake if you've never seen, never touched, never felt the real thing <coughs> the enemy is really good at what he does he's really good at deceiving people who haven't encountered the real thing the enemy is the master counterfeiter John 8 44 you are the father you are of your father the devil and your will is to do your father's desires he was a murderer from the beginning he does not stand in truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Only in God is genuine love found. And that genuine love is the, the love that this world is so desperately searching for. It's the love that we believers have found and we get to encounter and experience and feel and stand in every single day while people in the world stand and they cry out for love and they cry out for acceptance. They so desire to be wanted. We have the answer. We have the hope. When the world comes to in the Church, when the world encounters you at Walmart, when the world encounters you on the job, when the world encounters you driving on the road, I'm preaching myself right there. Can I get amen? They need to encounter the real thing. John 3.16. You get so used to it. Brush it off. So powerful. For God so. God so. God so. 
loved the world. The world. The sinner. That he gave his only son. That whoever, whoever believes in him will not perish, but they will have everlasting life. That is the gospel. That is love. God so loves the world. So, what are you known for? And what is the church? What is the church, what is the corporate body of Christ known for? We as individuals and as a corporate body should be known by our love. John 13, 35. I quote it all the time. By this, all, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Look at your neighbor and say, all. All. I'm only here for so long. In the grand scheme of things, life is short. I'm only here for so long. And I ask myself these questions. What will my legacy be? What are people going to remember about me? I so desire. I so want people to remember the love in me. The love that I have for God. The love that I have for people. And I am so far from getting there. And I know it, but I so desire for that to be my legacy above all things. Above all things. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. Above all things, I am a follower of Christ. Above all things, I am a son of God. And above all things, I am to love God and love neighbor. And I want that to be what defines me. I don't just want to be remembered as a, a good preacher or a good pastor. Is that good? Yes, it is. But that's not all I want to be remembered for. I don't just want to be remembered for laying hands on people and seeing them recover. Don't want to see that. Don't want to see the dead raised by the laying on of hands. Don't want to see people set free and delivered. You bet I do. Yes, of course I do. But more than that, I want to be remembered for my love. Do I want to be remembered for being generous with my time and my possessions? Yes, I do. But more than that, I want to be remembered for my love. Do I want to be remembered for killing big deer and catching big fish? You bet I do. But more than that, I want to have a legacy of love. Because if, if, if I don't have love, if I don't have love, I have nothing. If I don't have love, I have nothing. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Is that all that people hear and see when they encounter you is just noise? And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, I deliver my body up to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Without love, you and I have nothing. 
And I want my legacy, I don't know about you, I want my legacy to be a legacy of love. Let me ask you another question. What is the first thing? I love, I love our church. I love being here. The Palace of Praise is awesome. It is an honor and a privilege to be on staff and serve here. But here's the question I have. What, what do people, when you, what, what are we known for? What are we known for? When I go to a church, I, I like going to other churches. I like to glean from other people, see how other people do things. And, and when you go to other churches and you get on social media or you talk to people about churches, they, they talk about certain aspects of the church and what they like and what they dislike. And a lot of churches are known for preaching the word of God with power. Some churches are known for the worship. The worship is excellent. Some people are known for their greeting and their welcoming. Some people are known... For all these different things. But I've never heard anyone in my life. No church be known for their love. I've never heard that be the first thing anybody says. Not that I can recall. And if you can, that's incredible. I, I just can't. For by this, all people will know. You are my disciples. If you have love for one another. Is preaching the word awesome and great and necessary? Yes. Is praise and worship necessary? Yes. Is liberty in the spirit of God? Yes. Is it important? Yes. Are signs and wonders incredible and should we expect them and pursue them? Of course. Of course. But above all things, I don't know about you, I want Next Level Youth Group Palace of Praise Church to be known for its love. If that's not what people see, if that's not what they say, we can change that. We can change that. It's not about beating yourself upside the head. It's up to you, it's up to I to change it. We have love to give. Will we share it now while we're awake? Our world needs change. Our community needs change. We change the world by changing our community. We change the community by changing the people within the community. It's really that simple. The thing that will spark the change we need is for people to encounter the love of Jesus and for their lives to be transformed by the power of the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ. Third main thing, love is the most powerful weapon at our disposal. Love is the most powerful weapon at our disposal. The story of Jesus stepping down from his throne, becoming like man, being fully God, fully man, being born of the Virgin Mary and living a perfect, spotless, 
power-filled life to only be tortured and be beaten and carry a cross and be crucified, the most horrifying, the most absurd, the most terrible, terrifying death. But not only to die and be buried, but to raise again. To raise again, and, to, and he bore our sins so that we might be made new in Christ Jesus, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, so that we could be called children of God, so we can be sons and daughters of the Most High King. That is the gospel of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that in him we might become the righteousness of of God. That is the ultimate love story. That is the highest form of self-sacrificial love. Self-sacrificial love in the highest degree. That is the good news. It's not just good news, it's the best news. And this news, this story, this love story is what the world needs to be told. Who's going to tell them if we don't tell them? Who's it going to be? We need to tell people this love story. We need to show people this love story. And we need to let the love of God Bring these men and women who are lost to repentance. Romans 2, 4. Or do you not show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? The kindness of God leads men to repentance. So... When we're talking to lost people, when you're out evangelizing, when you're trying to tell someone about Jesus, what are you trying to show them? Is the love of God what you're trying to show them? Is the love of God what you're trying to tell them about? Or are you just trying to prove them wrong? Are you just trying to win an argument? Are you just trying to tell people how bad they are? God doesn't need a lawyer. People don't have to, we don't have to tell people how bad they are. The gospel will show people that. The spirit will convict people if they're wrong. That doesn't mean we don't call sin, sin. That's not what that means. But the Holy Spirit will convict them. If it's just you trying to put your thumb on someone and get them to give up and cry uncle, what good is that? If you're just trying to fear people into loving God, what good is that? People that pray that prayer just because you put your thumb on them or try to scare them into heaven, if that's your approach, from what I've seen, that doesn't last very long. A lot of people try to live a relationship with Jesus based out of peer pressure or based out of 
fear, and it doesn't work out. It doesn't last long because it was never meant to be that way. A relationship with God is meant to be about love. Should we fear God? Yeah, of course. But when we realize that God's on our side, we have nothing to fear. I pray I share the gospel in such a way that people, when they reject it, aren't rejecting my opinion. And they're not rejecting legalism. And they're not rejecting religion. I pray that when I talk to someone that doesn't know Jesus, if they reject it, they're not rejecting me. They're not rejecting my opinion, but they're rejecting the love of God. They're rejecting the spirit of God calling out to them. When people reject what you have to say, even if you say it in love, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus. So don't be offended. Don't get upset and remember that for every person that rejects you, not you, every person that rejects Jesus, there is another one waiting, crying out in desperate search for genuine love. The Bible says that the harvest is plentiful. It's plentiful. The laborers are few. There's not a lot of people trying to get the harvest. Remember, sometimes you just got to plant the seed. Don't get discouraged if you don't see the harvest. There's plenty to go around. There's plenty to get. First Peter 3.15 wraps this up really well. In your hearts, honor Christ as the Lord is holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Go study this passage. This is not taking out of context. Not twisting this. Go read it. Go study it. Go study what these people in modern-day Turkey were going through as a church. They were being made fun of. They were being slandered. They were being accused falsely. The Bible says be ready to give a defense. Are you ready to give your defense in love? Are you ready to do it with gentleness and respect? That's what God's calling us to do. I want to reread. Never mind. I don't want to reread that. Let's keep going. The fourth thing is this. Final point of the night is this. Let love be the fuel. Look at your neighbor and say, let love be the fuel. So make sure you're still awake. Say it again. Let love be the fuel. You know, when you go home and read Romans 12, 9 through 21 for yourself again. But the, the heading of that passage, those verses, is this. Marks of a true Christian. That's what my Bible says. Marks of a true Christian. It goes on explaining what someone who really loves Jesus, what their life looks like someone that is true, someone that is a real Christ follower. As you read that passage, like our, our title of our message tonight, Let Love Be Genuine, love is at the top of the list. Love is at the very beginning. And love is the fuel that makes all these practical things that, that was listed possible. It's what makes it possible. It's what makes your life be able to look 
like that. Because without love, your life will not look this way. And if you try to make your life look this way without love, it is meaningless. It's meaningless. Is your love for God and his love for you what fuels you to open your word? Is that your fuel? Is your love of God why you pray? Do you pray because you really love God? Is that, is that what fuels you? Do you desire the spiritual gifts because you love God? Is love what fuels your relationship with Jesus? Is love your fuel? Is love for God and neighbor why you attend church? Is it why you serve in ministry? Is it why you serve your community? Is it why you give? Is it why you build the kingdom? Is your love why you share the good news? If it is not, are you simply trying to fuel your relationship out of obligation? Do you simply treat these things I just listed as just checking another thing off your list and trying to win an argument. If that's you, you have a problem. You have an issue. This is a relationship of love. And love has to be what drives us. Love has to be what fuels us. Because apart from it, it's all meaningless. Love is better. Love is better. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Love is the greatest. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. I'll show you a more excellent way. A more excellent way. Love is better. Would you stand with me here tonight?